This podcast contains language and concepts which may not be suitable for young listeners. The following audio record forms part of the department's ongoing investigation into the actions of Eugene Kirkley, a.k.a. Gideon Vermello, and his operations in the town of Alara. Testimonies recorded here are confidential and have not yet been officially corroborated by secondary or tertiary sources. Good evening, or uh, I guess I should say morning. It's 3.30am, the devil's hour. Kind of funny because we were just talking about that today. Well, yesterday, I guess. I slept for a couple of hours, but then, I don't know, weird dreams about home. I feel liminal. (sighs) I thought about just starting the drive early, but it could be dangerous if I'm tired. It'll take me three hours to get there. Uh, Need coffee. God. I'll start this recording again when I'm awake and on the road. So, the key ingredients for a good road trip are... One, good tunes. Got that covered, obviously. Two, good snacks. A little light on those. We'll have to stop at a 7-Eleven. Three, good company. I mean, I guess I'll have some pretty great company on the way back, but for right now, I'm all alone. Maybe I'll pick up a hitchhiker. Hopefully one who isn't an axe murderer. Why is it always axe murderers? I mean, the axe is such a prominent, unconcealable weapon. Surely plenty more people are killed by knives or guns or poison. Also, why do we say axe murderer, but not knife murderer? Sorry, I'm getting a little morbid. So, if I had to describe my feelings, I'd say... First day at school, mixed with last day on Earth, with the side of best gig we've ever played, and a dollop of that time when Kieran O'Malley locked me in a shipping trunk at the back of our old school theatre. Man, what a dickhead. You know, last year he came to one of our shows and told us he was our biggest fan. Weird the way these things turn out. Back in high school, if I had half the chance, I would have... Well, well, I had some pretty dark thoughts back then. I wasn't always the happy, well-adjusted character I am now. I can't remember if I've already... Oh. Shit. Shit, shit, shit! Hey, Aurelia, how's the kitchen renovation going? River love, don't try and feather the duck with me. Um, I actually don't know what that means. Don't get cute, this is serious. Okay, look, I'm not trying to be cute, it's just I honestly don't know what that expression means. Aren't ducks feathered already? Just shut up! I got here this morning at 10am and I found Abraham out here eating a sandwich. He's been waiting for the library to open for an hour. Why aren't you here? I'm sorry, Aurelia. My sister is Rivet, missing... darling. You know what I mean. You really know that we are all hurting for you. We love Harmony like one of our kids, but we have a library to run. You've used up all of your holiday pay, all of your sick pay. I've given you a couple of days unpaid leave, but if you keep this up, I'll have to fire you. It won't even be up to me. Council has strict rules about this kind of thing. No one cares about that library more than me, you know that. But we're talking about my sister. She's alive! I know that you believe that. And I mean, hope is important. When Peter was sick, it didn't matter how many doctors told me that he wouldn't live out the next year. I kept praying and hoping that he'd live to see a hundred. But I buried him that next month. 
Hope raises spirits, sweetheart. It doesn't raise bodies. She's alive, Aurelia. Well, I hope that's true. But either way, love, if you don't come into work tomorrow, you have to find somewhere else. This is bullshit. I told you, it's not up to me. I can't keep covering for you. Especially not after you're a little bibliographic bonfire you held in the storeroom. Those books and magazines and newspapers told suppressive lies about our community. You know what people out there think of us? You really think this is going to help? Book burners don't tend to be the good guys, historically speaking. The police... I'll talk to Gideon myself. You know Gideon doesn't have jurisdiction over government property. He's important, not omnipotent. They'll listen to him. He'll explain everything. You can't keep throwing all your problems at his feet, River. He has his supplications to complete, not to mention dealing with the... Aurelia, does it worry you, the delivery? I'm not sure that we should talk about this on the phone. It's just, it seems to go against the principles on which Ulara was founded. Peace, goodwill towards all sentient beings. Gideon hasn't made his plans known to us yet, but I am sure they will be with wisdom. There will be wisdom in his decision. But how can any good come from the tools of destruction? River, I didn't call you to discuss philosophy. We need to sort out whether or not I can keep your position at the library or if I need to give it to someone else. Fine, I don't care. I'm finding Harmony and then you'll see I was right. You're going to feel pretty guilty, Aurelia, when I come back with her. Sweetheart, I hope you're right. I really do. Listen, when you and Harmony first came to town... I could tell you both had light in you. I think of you as family, Rizzy. You know how much I care about you, right? The council, all of us, we're worried that you might need help. I do need help. I need help finding my sister. River, I think you know that's not what I mean. I have to go. But, right. But be careful, please. Love and light. Love and light. I know she means well, but it really pisses me off that people treat me like... like they think I'm unhinged or irrational. If it was their family, they'd stop at nothing. Isn't it irrational to be calm and sensible when there's a situation this serious? It's not her fault, I guess. She doesn't know what I know. I'm going to turn the mic off again for a little while. I need to think. I've been driving about five hours now, getting pretty close to where I need to be. It's a strange experience, driving through this part of the world. Out here the road's just one big, black, flat snake slithering through a thousand acres of infinite nothingness. Sand and sky in every direction. Last place on earth you want to break down, that's for sure. In 500 metres take the exit oh, whoops. Better turn that off. Don't want to giving away my location. Some of you listening might never have been to Australia. You probably picture a bunch of weird animals hopping around the place. But driving around this country, this state specifically, there's this incredible sense of desolation and beauty. Queensland is seven times the size of England. On, on a drive like this, crossing mountains and desert and forests, you feel like the landscape is your mother and your executioner, depending on its mood. The sky is this blazing, brilliant blue, and come night time, there'll be stars from here until eternity. You know, that whole thing about stars, about how many of them are actually dead and by the time their light reaches our eyes, they're collapsed into black holes or nothingness or whatever. Sometimes I think that art, or maybe even these recordings, works the same way. 
You have this echo of yourself that reaches out into the future, and long after you're gone, it's lingering, even though you're dead and buried. That's kind of sad, and kind of beautiful. I remember when Bowie died. Me and Harmony listened to every single one of his albums. It took us three full days to get through them all, starting right at the beginning with his first single, when he was going by Davy Jones and the King Bees, then working our way through Space Odyssey, Ziggy Stardust, Station to Station, Hours the Next Day, right on through to Black Star. That strange, beautiful self-requiem. It was almost like he wasn't dead. Like we could exist in his echo forever. That's what's special about art. It's a sort of heathen immortality, an afterlife without the need for religion. Oh, I just saw a flash of lightning way out on the horizon. When I was a kid, well, look, I know I haven't always painted the kindest picture of my mother, but I do have this one memory. It was pouring rain, and I was maybe six years old. I was terrified, and she came into my room and told me the story about a boy who lived in the clouds. His name was Alaka, and he paddled through the sky on a boat. He would catch birds and cook them in a tiny metal stove and look down on the earth far below with people running around on the ground. He dreamed of flying down to visit them, but his parents had told him that their family had an ancient curse that forbade them from ever setting foot on land. The curse was so ancient that no one could remember exactly what would happen if the archaic rule was broken, only that the consequences would be dire. For a while, it thrilled him to soar above the earth, to gaze into the eyes of eagles as they flew alongside him. But eventually, he became lonely, and he longed to feel the earth press against his feet. One night, during a storm like this one that sent lightning cracking through the sky, he decided that he couldn't wait any longer. He pushed his little boat down towards the mountains, and just as... Hello? You need to stop looking for Harmony. Who is this? That's not important. Leave her alone, or you'll regret it. Are you threatening me? I'm not threatening you, but... Did you just say I'm not threatening you? It was a typo. Shut up, Dillbrain. Harmony? Fuck. Harmony, that has to be you. No one else in the world would use a text-to-voice program to actually type the word Dillbrain. <laughs> I knew it! I knew you were alive. Everyone said I should just give up, but I knew that you were okay. I knew that you would come home. Well, yeah, of course you knew I was okay. But River, I, I can't come home. You understand that, right? Why? Christ on a canoe, where to start? I got sick of wearing red every fucking day, for one thing. Harmony, Ulara is where you belong. Riv, please. We've been over this. You know I love you, but you don't get to tell me where I belong. I've been listening to your broadcast. You shouldn't have gone to... the place you went to last time. He could have killed you. Making recordings like that, broadcasting them to the world. Surely you must realise that's not a good... Oh, fuck. You aren't recording this, are you? Well... River, please, don't put this on air. Someone's going to seriously hurt you, and I don't want it to be me. Okay, okay, fine. River, I don't believe you. If you don't stop recording, 
right now, I promise that you will never find me. You know I can always tell when you're lying. Okay, I'm turning it off. Alright, well, that didn't go exactly as I planned. At all. The important thing, obviously, is that Harmony is alive. And safe, for the moment at least. But we had a... Well, my mum used to call them disagreements. She's told me I can come visit her only if I promise to stop doing these recordings and close the Find Harmony campaign, which, of course, I will. If she's home safe. So I guess... I guess this could be the end. I'm so excited to have her home. And I'm so proud of what we've built together. Maybe... Maybe we could use this community to help find lost children, or take care of old people, or like, I don't know, just be a force for good in the world. Gideon is always saying, as the mouth saith, so shall the hand do. But I think a lot of us get stuck on the prayers and meditations. I mean, think of the good we could do. We could... Fuck! Fuck. Fuckity fuck. Fuck. Not now. You all right, mate? Yeah, I, uh, I just had to swerve to avoid a kangaroo. Ah, yeah, those bouncing bastards kill more people than cancer around here. Of course, it probably didn't help that you were travelling well over the speed limit. It's the highway, mate, not the fucking autobahn. My apologies, I was distracted. I promise it won't ever happen again. Those kinds of speeds can be the difference between a hospital visit and a funeral. QLD state law dictates that Officer, you should... I understand, really. Please, just give me the ticket. Is that a recording app on your phone? Yes. Turn it off, please. I have a legal right to record... Turn it off. Well, with all due respect, you can't ask me to turn it off. With all due respect. If you don't fucking turn that shit off right now, you're going to wish you had. You seem to be perspiring heavily. You got something to hide, red shirt? No. I know your type. You're never too far from some kind of mind-bending substance. What am I going to find if I open your glove box, hmm? You do not have my permission. If I decide there's a good chance I'll find illegal substances, then I don't need your fucking permission to enter your vehicle. I'm a cop, not a Mormon. Well, this just got interesting. Mic off, hands behind your back. I respectfully decline. <laughs> it's an order, not a fucking dinner invitation. Give me your phone, hands behind your back, now. Well, they finally gave me my phone back. Suffice to say that I have not had the best night's sleep. Rural jails are pretty lonely and quiet, although I suppose that's something to be thankful for. A guy like me wouldn't last ten seconds if I had to share a cell with some meth-head bikey. I guess... The outside world still has a pretty unenlightened view of marijuana use. I mean, it's legal in half the states in America, Portugal, but we're still dragging our feet around here like a bunch of idiots. Not that a cop would want to hear that. For someone who spends their time supposedly upholding the law, they sure seem to lack a nuanced understanding of its motivations and complexities. <sighs> I should stop complaining. I can't expect the rest of the world to be the divine little utopia that Ulara is. River I Sundancer. Is that your real name? Yes. Christ almighty. That explains a few things. Well, 
I've had a chat to the Sarge, and he says that if you can pay the $150 speeding fine on the spot, he's feeling generous enough to let the charges of being a rude prick to an officer slide. Which is pretty fucking generous, by my estimation. And what about the drug charges? What drug charges? You arrested me when you found a bunch of leaves in my car, because apparently the laws of man are above the laws of nature. Listen, Sundancer. Jesus, that's almost a slur in and of itself. If you didn't see any drugs, then I didn't either. And it'll make both of our days a little bit brighter. Sound good? Uh Uh-huh. Well, if that's the way you play it, clearly the law is a fairly arbitrary force. I honestly cannot wait to get you out of here. I've had enough pontificating to last me a Westeros winter. Was that a Game of Thrones reference? What? A country cop isn't allowed to enjoy high-quality storytelling? I have no words. Thank Christ for that. Anyways, so, if you can pay the damn fine, you can go. What if I can't? You don't have 150 bucks? You can't call a friend? Beg? Borrow? Steal? Did you actually just suggest I stealed? It's an expression. So, is the only good cop is a... I'm going to strongly advise you don't finish that sentence. Find someone who is unfortunate enough to call you a friend, pay the fine, and get the fuck out of here. My phone barely has reception out here. Can I use your landline? They're on the desk. Would you like a tea and biscuits to go with it? No? I'll just be out the front. Knock if you need me, your highness. Hi. Grandma? How are you? Yes, I know it has been a long time. Yeah, I'm sorry I couldn't make it down for the funeral. We were on tour in New Zealand and... Well, of course, he meant a lot to me and... I'm sorry. Listen, Grandma, I'm in trouble. I need... Yes, I'm still looking for her. I found her, and that's why I need your... That's not fair. Oh, shit. I'm such an idiot. Hey. It's me. I need to ask a favour. Chin up, buttercup. Harmony? Keep it down in there, would you? I missed you. Of course you did. Who wouldn't? There's that famous humility. I'm as humble as I am patient, and we both know that's no compliment. River, sweetheart, you look... not well. Have you been sleeping? Sure. Once a week, just like the doctor ordered. That isn't funny. God, you've lost so much weight. Food is overrated. It's good to see you, you sweet little lunatic. Even though I feel like slapping you after all your nonsense the last few weeks, I just can't hit a face that sad and gaunt. That was my plan all along. Cheaper than a force field. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you leave me? River, you know why. Come on, Periwinkle. Let's get you out of here. You owe me 155 bucks, by the way. I thought the fine was 150. All right, and I suppose petrol just pays for itself, does it? God, you are so stingy. Can we eat? I'm hungry. And a few, you cockatoo. <laughs> What's the time, dear friend of mine? Half past three, my chimpanzee. Adventures, travels, what sweet joys shall we unravel? In the afternoon, my little prune. And what of smiles, what of laughter? 
a touch, touch past, past midnight, midnight and not, not a, a moment, moment after. This week's episode was written by J.M. Denellen, whose name is my name and whose voice is this voice. Uh, we had sound design, direction, editing, and all that other stuff by the one and only Jessica McGaw, and I helped out a little bit, but not as much as I should. Our cast was Tom Yaxley, Melanie Zanetti, Jessica McGaw, and the one and only Liam Soden. They did a fabulous job. As always, we're lucky to have such an amazing cast, and we are lucky to have such amazing listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Give yourselves a round of applause, even if you're in public listening to this on your headphones and it's a bit weird, just do it anyway. If uh, you've rated and reviewed us on iTunes, we surely appreciate that. If you haven't done that yet, you can fix that up post-haste and extra, extra cheering and applause and exultant happiness if you have supported us on Patreon. We really, really do appreciate people who've done that. You can check us out on Patreon, Six Cold Feet as well. Thank you so much. We will be back with another episode, you know when, next week. Don't cry, baby Baby, after I'm gone